Hey, for those of you who've been uh, following Mike with New York, I don't normally do much on Wall Street, to, just because I don't want to get involved in all the stuff that goes on with having to disclose what stocks I own. Nothing. I don't own anything on Wall Street. I'm such a poor dude. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Tesla shares have taken $114 billion, yeah, with a B, loss as Wall Street uh, has gone down. The NASDAQ composite index is down a total of 3%. The S&P 500 has fallen 2%. And this is just before the closing bell. We do not know what the final closing bell is. A lot of people blame it on what is going on in Ukraine with new threats coming from Russia and fears of the war there going even more weird. Uh, and possibly even nuclear. Uh, that is what is being threatened at this point by the Russians who are saying, uh, do not put anything past them. Uh, to which, essentially, there's been a fight in the White House between the president and the vice president. Now, on the Tesla, the shares collapsed on Tuesday. Investors uh, continue to digest the implications Twitter's acceptance of CEO Elon Musk's $44 billion bid for that huge, massive social media giant deal that everybody is wondering why on earth are banks across the world lining up to finance a business deal for a gossip platform. Here you go. Let's listen to this article from Forbes. Tesla stock plunge wipes out $114 billion in value as Twitter deal sparks fears. By Jonathan Ponciano. Top line. Tesla shares collapsed Tuesday as investors continue to digest the implications of Twitter's acceptance of CEO Elon Musk's $44 billion bid for the social media giant, tacking on to already staggering losses spurred by the Federal Reserve's looming interest rate hikes. Key facts. Tesla shares fell as much as 11% Tuesday to $890, pushing the stock down more than 28% from its all-time high in November and wiping nearly $25 billion from Musk's fortune and $114 billion from Tesla's market capitalization, which now stands at $920 billion. Tesla shareholders can't be happy that Musk will have to divert even more attention away from winning the electric vehicle race, Olanda analyst Edward Moya wrote in emailed comments. Echoing concerns from Vital Knowledge Media's Adam Prisafuli, who also attributed his lunch to investor concerns about how Musk refinances Twitter In a filing last week, Musk disclosed he secured $46.5 billion in financing for the Twitter deal, including more than $20 billion in loans from Morgan Stanley and another $21 billion in equity financing, making it very likely he'll need to sell Tesla shares and pledge some as collateral to make the deal work. As the stock plunged Thursday when Twitter confirmed receipt of the unsolicited takeover proposal, Wells Fargo analyst Colin Longin cautioned Tesla shareholders that the risk of Musk selling even more shares could put pressure on the stock, as it did when the 50-year-old teased sales, that did ultimately happen, late last year. Longin also said Musk's involvement with Twitter could be a distraction for a CEO who already has a full plate, pointing to two recently opened factories in Berlin and Austin, Texas, that are designed to double the company's global manufacturing capacity. Though it's still unclear what role Musk will take with Twitter, he pledged Monday in a statement to work with the company and make Twitter better than ever through a slew of initiatives including new product features, making its algorithms open source, 
curbing span and authenticating all humans. Big number, $243 billion. That's how much Musk, who owns 21% of Tesla but has pledged more than half his stake as loan collateral, is worth, according to Forbes. The PayPal co-founder grew up in South Africa before attending the University of Pennsylvania as a transfer student. Surprising fact, despite Tesla's stock plunge on Tuesday, Musk remains the world's richest person, by far. Amazon founder and chair Jeff Bezos comes closest, with a net worth of $166 billion. Contra, we do not believe this Twitter bid will result in a major sale of Musk's Tesla shares, Wedbush analyst Dan Ives said in a Friday note, positing shares would instead be pledged for loans. We see no risk from this Twitter situation impacting shares of Tesla or Musk's focus. Key background. Shares of Tesla have racked up big losses since Musk suggested he would sell about 10% of his stake in November, sparking concerns among investors about how share prices would hold up amid the massive liquidation. The stock tumbled as much as 26% as Musk sold off shares in the following weeks but recouped nearly all the losses after the billionaire declared he was almost done with the sales in late December. However, the broader market has largely struggled since then as the Fed raises rates and unwinds economic support to ease decades-high inflation. The tech-heavy Nasdaq has plummeted 20% this year, plunging back into bear market territory on Tuesday. Tangent. Even though its stock has struggled, Tesla reported its most profitable quarter in company history last week, posting $3.3 billion in first-quarter income fueled by record deliveries. Further reading. Elon Musk's $44 billion Twitter deal. What actually happens next? Forbes. Twitter accepts Elon Musk's $44 billion deal. Forbes. Kathy Wood's ARK Invest sells $205 million in Tesla stock, buys crypto, gaming and streaming shares. Forbes. So that's basically it, what you're looking at. Uh, that that was actually a full playback of the article uh, and uh, what, what what is going on. So basically, as of now, when that article was written, Trump had lost 114 billion in value. Now it basically has gone up to 128 billion in value as Wall Street closes on the day amid continued shares. Now, what is also happening is what they're saying right now is this is also an effort by some billionaires who are investors in Tesla, like uh, people like uh, Bill Gates and uh, George Soros and others, to basically punish the guy for comments on uh, criticism of, of short selling and uh, an attempt to get back at uh, him for you know the purchase of Twitter that they had hoped to block for some reason. The weird thing here, Trump has uh, come out and said that he does not want to go back on Twitter, uh, which which uh, essentially has, has led to some people thinking that uh, the uh, 500,000 American users lost to the platform, primarily seen as uh, conservatives and supporters of uh, Donald Trump, did not go back to the platform. And that is a lot of middle class heads of households which uh, is a loss of advertising valuation as far as people are concerned with a media company essentially that is Twitter. Remember they look at the market value and the fact that many of the people leaving the platform to go to other platforms are upset over uh, uh, you know things going on there 
or perceive things going on there. And at the end of the day, what is really looked at is not people leaving. If it's a hundred people, it doesn't matter. It's who the people are who are leaving. If these are owners of businesses, if these are people who you know are major donors in political fights, then it is something that lowers the value of a company. And right now, the upheaval inside Twitter has caused also shortfalls and short sellings. That is the latest from Wall Street. I am Mike of New York. We'll be back with more and a little bit after this. To what extent are we aware that China is helping Russia in their aggression against Ukraine? Are the, is the Russian, do we know they're using Chinese drones? We're very focused on this in a number of ways. Uh, President Biden made directly uh, clear to President Xi Jinping uh, that um, it would not be uh, in China's interest to materially support uh, Russia in this aggression or, for that matter, to uh, undermine sanctions. Uh, this is something we're looking at very, very carefully. I think you're seeing that China is having to deal with the significant reputational risk that it's already incurring by being seen as, <laughs> in the most charitable um, interpretation, on the fence and more practically uh, supportive of Russia. Um, we can, uh, in a different session, get into, uh, into more detail. But um, for now, we're not seeing um, significant support by China for uh, Russia's military actions. So finally, in the remaining seconds I have, I've been attempting to get from the State Department a report that uh, the State Department conducted on an inspection from the Wuhan lab. Uh, I think we understand that the overall thrust of that report is it was not a lab that uh, had the type of uh, safety standards that uh, we would have expected. Uh, I'm somewhat baffled that uh, that's a report that I'm simply not able to get my hands on. This report came from uh, it's April 19th, 2018. Uh, the cable describing it was uh, January 19th of 2018. So um, is that something you'll commit to me today to turn over to my committee? Um, Senator, I'll look uh, back into that. My recollection uh, is this. Uh, there was a program that, uh, uh, that ended in 2019. There's, uh, there was no uh, funding of that uh, program since. Uh, and uh, I think uh, any, uh, there was a report that may have been done by an outside contractor um, that uh, I think was uh, uh, seen as problematic uh, in uh, its methodology. And uh, in any event, I will follow up. I don't know the status of that, but we'll come back to you with it. Okay, I'd appreciate that, and I'll expect that response. Thank you. Thank you. Senator Shaheen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you, Mr. Secretary, for your testimony this morning and for your trip to Ukraine. I think it was something that the entire world watched with great appreciation. Um, I really want to start this, more, this afternoon um, with the Western Balkans because... For what purpose does the gentleman from California seek recognition? Without objection, the gentleman is recognized for one minute. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Last week, U.S. District Judge Catherine Rizal avoided President Biden and the CDC's overbearing and unnecessary mask mandate for airplanes and public transportation. After the announcement, I saw many videos online of many, many flyers and flight attendants joyously ripping off their masks to celebrate. 
I had urged, along with many other colleagues in a couple of different letters to the President, to allow the mask mandate to expire a few months ago. So finally, I was re relieved and pleased to hear of this announcement by the judge. Our celebration was short-lived, however, as the Biden administration soon announced they would sue to try and repeal the judge's ruling and force back in place mask mandates for people traveling. Science has repeatedly found that the masks are not nearly as effective at presenting, excuse me, preventing the, the spread of COVID as previously they had thought. It really boils down to that government likes controlling people with this. They like scaring them. They like putting them in a box and saying, if you don't do this, you might die. And so people, if they're forced into having mask mandates on public transportation, once again, there's gonna be a lot of anger coming out that no midterms and nothing else is gonna expired. save people forcing this on us. I yield back. China, the, looking at more lockdowns now, Beijing may be involved in that. Um, is there anything that the administration is looking at doing to help the supply chains uh, if this clogs up again? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're following this very closely. Um, and as you know, there are um, a couple of different issues at play here. There's obviously um, Shenzhen, which has kind of reopened, and they had moved around where their goods were being produced and moved around which ports they were going through, Shanghai, obviously. And there are a couple of industries that were being impacted. Uh, we haven't seen at this point a decrease in ships coming to our ports in California from Asia. We obviously are continuing to monitor that. And Beijing is, uh, has increased their testing, which could be a precursor to uh, a lockdown, but we don't we don't know at this point. So uh, what we're doing right now is we're closely monitoring. The State Department is, our economic team is, um, and but we haven't seen a slowdown in ships coming to our ports in, in California. If if there's an increase as as lockdowns decrease in some parts of China, we'll also be prepared for that because we've been able to um, take steps to, to reduce the number of cargo ships there. This has been a Mike of New York special. I am the dude from New York, the blind guy with the best news and information and updates that we can try and put together when I do see them, which is kind of not that often. <laughs> you have a great day. We'll be back with more interviews and topics that you'll only find right here. For those in Queens, in New York, I am Mike of New York, Mike. Kay Cohen, and this is my podcast, which is produced, created, and edited and recorded in the city of New York in the United States of America. Have a great day, everybody.